Lebro jacala de babra, rakoto bile ne menge, nengle de boroko to sekele de brina katolo de babra gadaske tele de bele. Father, we praise and bless the name of Jesus. We honor you, Lord, and we praise you. We thank you for the privilege of coming again together tonight to spend time in the world. We walk in the world, and we walk in the light of your word, and we rejoice that we have access into the deep things of God by the Holy Spirit. So tonight, as we speak your word, we speak the things which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Thank you for every viewer around the world. Revealed knowledge is granted everyone connected to the service tonight. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. And we rejoice that by the end of this service, we'll all be the better for it. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God, it's my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. We want to welcome every one of you connected to the service tonight by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all of you that are connected by way of XLFM right here in Aquaibom State. We're so glad to have everybody connected to the service, all of you in our house centers and all of you in the campuses. Hey guys, this is going to be a great time of studying and I'm excited to welcome all of you to the service tonight. Grab your pen, your notebook, and your Bible as we get into a great time of studying the word of his grace. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self tonight. Glory to God. All right, tonight I'm beginning a series titled The Believer's Realities in Christ. The Believer, Acts chapter 14, verse number 21. Acts 14, 21. I like to read Acts 14, 21. Put it up for me on the screen. Acts 14, 21. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Grab it from your own Bible. Acts 14, verse 21. In Acts chapter 14, verse 21, he says, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. Take note of the word, had taught many. Had taught many. That's very important a word there. That word taught many is the Greek word matetheo. Remember, they preached. So when you preach, what you do is you give information. When you raise disciples, you don't just give information, you give education. There is a difference between giving information and giving info in education. In teaching, you are educating, not just informing, but educating because in teaching, you delve into details. He is now learning, and because he is learning in so much details, so the student now is able also to teach others. So Jesus said, when you go, make disciples, and that is what we call the Great Commission. The background to this is, Jesus rose from the dead, and he spent the time to do the same to his disciples. He spent the time to make disciples and 
educate his disciples concerning his resurrection on the way to Emmaus. Jesus met two of those disciples and they were having a conversation. Look at Luke chapter 24 verse 25. Luke chapter 24 verse 25. And he said unto them, O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now observe, he called them fools. The word fools is the Greek word anoitos. A-N-O-E-T-O-S. Anoitos means not to apply your mind. Not to apply your mind. That is, you are not thinking well. You are not thinking well. He is not saying that they are foolish people. He is only saying that foolishness there is relative to the scriptures. That is, you are not thinking in line with the scriptures. You are not thinking in line with the scriptures. Observe in verse 26, he says, Ought not Christ to have suffered, that's past tense, to have suffered, which is past tense, and then observe, and to enter into his glory, which is present future tense. And to enter into his glory, which is present future tense. So, suffered these things, past tense, and to enter into his glory, present future tense. Then look at verse 27. And beginning at Moses, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he explained. The word expounded there is a Greek word, daimenua. Daimenua means to interpret a symbol or to give a meaning to a parable or a statement or a figure of speech. So the word daimenua means to interpret whether it's a symbol, a figure of speech, a parable, or a statement. So Jesus explained the Old Testament like an interpreter. He explained the Old Testament like an interpreter. Same word brother Paul will use for interpretation of tongues. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse number 30. Brother Paul will put it like this. Have all the gifts of healing. Do all speak with tongues. Do all interpret. Do all interpret. Brother Paul will use that word again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 5. He says, I would that you all speak with tongues. But rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues. Except he interpret." That the church may receive edifying. Now, why did he what, what did he call those guys on the way to Emmaus? He called them fools. Oh, oh, you are foolish. That means you are not thinking. The same word in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, oh foolish Galatians, noticed what happened to these people that Jesus called fools and slow of heart. Observe what happened to them in Luke 24, 34. Luke 24, verse number 34. Saying, the Lord is risen indeed and had appeared to Simon. Look at 32. And they said one to another, 
Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Did not our heart burn while he opened to us the scriptures? If your Bible is mine, I will underline the word while he opened to us the scriptures. The word to open the scriptures is the same way you have a firstborn. Meaning, for the very first time, they saw what the scriptures meant. This is the same scriptures they have been reading. These are Jews. These are Pharisees. These are Jews. They've been reading the scriptures. They are so conversant with the scriptures. But they have never understood the meaning of what they were reading. Until Jesus, beginning at Moses, interpreted to them the scriptures and they arrived at a conclusion that what the scriptures was communicating was concerning the Christ. For the first time, they understood what the scriptures meant. The second group of people Jesus met was in that Luke chapter 24 verse 44. Luke chapter 24 verse 44. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Next verse. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Look at verse 46. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. So observe that the first said, he expanded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then he met the entire group in verse 44. And then the Bible tells us that he also expanded unto them. He told them these are the things which were written in the Psalms, in the law of Moses, in the prophets concerning me. So both groups, he had to unveil himself to them via the scriptures. In verse 45, then opened he their understanding, means for the first time, their eyes of understanding were opened to see. That word, opened he their understanding, is the Greek word nous, N-O-U-S, which means to open their mind. Remember, he called them foolish, meaning you are not using your mind. So now, he opens their minds and he opened their thinking so that they might understand the scriptures. Now observe that the second understand of the scriptures, which is in verse 45, the second understand there is the word tsunami in the Greek. It means to gather the facts together. To gather the facts together. So he opened their understanding so that they can put all the facts together and understand the message. So that they can put all the facts together and understand the message. So for the first time, they could take Genesis to Malachi and it was saying the same thing. For the first time, these disciples could take Genesis to Malachi and it was saying the same thing. It was not messages, but one message. So by the teaching, he changed their minds. By the teaching, he changed their minds. Meaning... If they were seeing the scriptures in some way, Jesus made them see the scriptures in the proper light. 
if they were seeing the scriptures in some way, Jesus made them see the scriptures in proper light. That is very important. He made them see the scriptures in the right light. And it took him 40 days to educate their minds. It took him 40 days to educate their minds. In Luke 24 verse 47. Luke chapter 24 verse number 47. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. Among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached. Now if you observe in verse 46. And said unto them thus it is written. And thus it behoove Christ to suffer. And to rise from the dead the third day. That 46 is a summary of that Bible study. So in their minds, they now saw that the Old Testament was focused on how Christ will suffer, which had happened. But now, how he will enter into his glory. Now, how he will enter into his glory. That 46 of Luke 24 says, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer. And to rise from the dead the third day. And then verse 47. When this summary had, they had arrived at this summary. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. Among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. The word repentance means to change their minds. To change their minds. It is the word meta, which means to turn around. Actually, two words, metanos. Meta, to turn around, nos, thinking. So, metanoa is to change your thinking, which means repentance is a changing of your thinking. So, what just happened to the disciples was repentance. Alright, repentance, their minds changed from seeing the scriptures otherwise. To see the scriptures in the light in which it was written. Look at that verse 44 to 45 of Luke 40, 24 again. Luke 24, 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures so now how does repentance happen repentance happens by the scriptures when you see the scriptures in the proper light then your mind is affected so that means what jesus was doing for them in that teaching for 40 days was a pattern. He made them repent. So they will now take the same pattern to all the world. They will take the same pattern of teaching to the nations of the world. Because he told them to go and preach. So the same thing that has been done to them, they were to take to the whole world. So what did they see when Jesus taught them? They saw Christ. Even though he was physically present with them, that was not what the repentance was. The repentance was not that they saw Jesus physically. 
the repentance was that they saw Jesus in the scriptures. So which means the repentance related with the scriptures. Which means repentance doesn't happen because you saw a vision. Repentance doesn't happen because you saw a vision. Repentance doesn't happen because you had a dream. Repentance happens because the scriptures are open to you. If Jesus could not rely on his physical appearance to make them understand the scriptures, how much more now? A vision doesn't give you understanding of the scriptures. You must have the scriptures open to you and you must have the scriptures explained to you. Because if all they had seen was Jesus physically, then we wouldn't have called them born again. Because if all they saw was Jesus physically, we wouldn't have called them born again. People don't get born again because they saw Jesus physically. If everything they believed was because they saw for them to be believers, then they wouldn't have been believers. Because for you to be a believer, you must believe the scriptures. For you to be a believer, you must believe the scriptures. So Jesus patiently took them through the scriptures. He patiently took them through the scriptures. So it's not good enough for someone to see a vision or dreams. He must see the scriptures. He must see the scriptures. Jesus had shown them his physical self. They had eaten food together. In fact, they took the honeycomb. That should have been sufficient after he rose. And you know, they, they would have come back shouting, Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! We touched him. We saw him. We ate with him. But no, that will not be faith. That will not be faith. Faith can only be found in the scriptures. If you're making note, that's a good one to write. Faith can only be found in the scriptures. If Jesus had to validate himself by the scriptures. In other words, he didn't expect anyone to see him. And not examine what they saw by the scriptures. Jesus didn't expect anyone to see him. And not examine what they saw by the scriptures. He expects you to see him and question whatever you saw by the scriptures. And that is exactly what he did. When he had opened the scriptures to these disciples, they had repentance. That is, their mindset concerning the Christ changed. Their mindset concerning the Christ changed. Now again in Matthew 28, don't forget, first of all, that Jesus taught the disciples for 40 days. 40 days of glory. He was teaching from the scriptures so that they will be able to see Christ from the scriptures. How can you be explaining to people for 40 days when you are there? I mean, he had to explain to them for 40 days concerning himself. But he didn't do it verbally or by experience. He did it via the scriptures. It means, therefore, he drove their attention away from the senses to their hearts. He drove their attention away from the senses. What they could see, what they could touch, 
what they could perceive to the heart which is the center of revelation. Wouldn't it have been funny if on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and said, praise the Lord. Jesus rose from the dead. And the people now say, prove to us. He says, oh, we took a selfie together. Here is a copy of the picture we snapped together. I even touched him. I held him. He held me. Do you know that Jesus is alive? Let me show you where he even tasted bread. Will that be the gospel? That wouldn't be the gospel. All of that account of selfie, tasted bread, touch me, help, held me, that is not the gospel. The reason why they had a message was because of the scriptures. The reason why they had a message to preach was because of the scriptures. Anyone could have preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost without seeing Jesus. Because the gospel is not that I saw Jesus. The gospel is a message that is already written in the scriptures. The gospel is a message that is already written in the scriptures. Very important. And those people in the Old Testament, whom we call the Old Testament saints, believed that message in the scriptures. So the scriptures, therefore, validated Jesus. The scriptures, therefore, validated Jesus. Now look at Matthew 28, verse 19. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19. Grab your own Bible. Matthew 28, verse 19. In Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Teach all nations. Make all nations students. To teach all nations means to make them students. But there's a strange word here I want to deal with. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and of the Holy Ghost is strange. That statement doesn't add up because a name has to do with an office or an accomplishment. A name has to do with an office or an accomplishment. You will not find that statement baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You will not find that statement anywhere else in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Only in that Matthew. And I submit to you that this statement was inserted by the Latin Vulgate. Jesus never made this statement because if you observe, Jesus said in verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He's given unto me. He didn't say is given unto us. All power is given unto me, not unto us. So what is the name? What is the name? The name is the authority. The name is not just a label. The name is the authority. So why will I say all authority in heaven and earth is given to me? And then he now turns again and says, Go and baptize in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. 
He just said all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. The closest to that scripture, the closest to it, the closest to that statement is in 1 John chapter 5 verse 7. And scholars, Bible scholars have all agreed that that scripture was inserted. It's not in the original. 1 John chapter 5 verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Scholars, Bible scholars agree that it's not in the original. And there are three that bear witness in the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. So do I believe in Trinity? Yes, I believe in Trinity. But maybe not the way you understand Trinity to be. Maybe not the way you understand Trinity to be. You won't find that statement because redemption is in the name of Jesus. You won't find in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost anywhere else because redemption is in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the Father gave all authority to the Son. The Father gave all authority to the Son. Look at John chapter 14 verse 26. The gospel of John chapter 14 verse number 26. But the comforter whom the Father, or which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Underline, in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Underline in my name. Luke chapter 10 verse 17. Pay attention. Luke chapter 10 verse number 17. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Through thy name, not through thy names. Alright? Through thy name. Underline through thy name. Luke chapter 9 verse 49. Luke chapter 9 verse number 49. He says in Luke 9 49, And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name. In thy name. And we forbade him. Because he followeth not with us. Observe in thy name. You won't find any witness about the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In fact, salvation is to believe in the name of the Son. We shall see that very shortly. Look at John chapter 14 verse 12. John chapter 14 verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, singular, not names, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Look at John chapter 16 verse 23. Take note of the word name. John 16 23. In John 16 23, Jesus said, 
And in that day shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, in my name, he will give it you. 24. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, underline in my name, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So we don't have any verse that says in our name. Because you use the word name for a job, an office, a tax, or an authority. So who has all authority? Jesus, the son. So where is the father? Please pay attention. The word right hand of the father right hand of the father it's not the right side of the father because sometimes when people hear that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father they think Jesus is seated at the right side the right hand is not the right side observe the use of that word right hand is not literal the use of the word right hand of the father is not literal right hand means to exalt someone to your own position. To exalt someone to your own position. That's why he said, all authority is given to me. Look at John chapter 5 verse 22. Look at the way Jesus put it. John 5 22. For the father judgeth no man, but had committed all judgment unto the son. He hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Look at John chapter 14 verse 9. Jesus speaking. John chapter 14 verse 9. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet has thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And now sayest thou then, Show us the Father. He that has seen me has seen the Father. So what is the right hand of God? Peter's preaching in the book of Acts gives us details concerning Jesus' resurrection. Look at Acts chapter 2 verse 23. Many scriptures but very good for your health. Acts chapter 2 verse 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain look at verse 34 of that same Acts chapter 2 for David is not ascended into the heavens but he saith himself the Lord said unto my Lord sit thou on my right hand sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Observe Peter's words. Being by the right hand exalted. Being by the right hand exalted. The word exalted was translated from the Greek word huposu. Hupsu. H-U-P-S-O-O. H-U-P-S-O-O. Which implies to elevate or to lift up. Therefore, the right hand is reference to his exaltation. 
It involves a display of power and strength. It involves a display of power and strength. So, in essence, the right hand of a person refers to the power and authority invested in or towards another. So, in this case, the person who gave over the authority is the only one exempted from being a subject of that authority. The person who gave over the authority is the only one exempted from being a subject of that authority. So Acts chapter 2 verse 34 again, it says, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Peter was quoting from Psalm 110 verse 1. The word sit, sit on my right hand. The word sit was translated from the Hebrew word yashab. Y-A-S-H-A-B. Y-A-S-H-A-B, yashab. It implies to dwell, to inhabit, to abide, to tarry, or to continue. It implies to dwell, to inhabit, to abide, to tarry, or to continue. In other words, the word sit carries a continuous tone of referring a position. So it can be better rendered as sit and continue to sit. Describing a continuous reign or exercise of authority sit and continue to sit on my right hand or sit and continue to sit in authority. In the four gospels, Jesus asks his disciples a question himself, which was quoting from Psalm 110 verse 1. Look at Matthew twenty-two forty-two, 42. Matthew chapter 22 verse 42. Glory to God. Saying, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. He saith unto them, how then doth David in spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit on my right hand. Till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? In other words, David as a king spake prophetically concerning the kingdom and reign of Christ. So Psalm 110 verse 1 was pointing to Christ. The words the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand is in reference to the resurrection of Jesus and his exaltation. It implies that that will give, that the Father will give all of his authority and power to Christ. That the Father will give all of his authority and power to Christ in his resurrection. So the book of Acts and the epistles taught from Psalm 110, 110 verse 1 concerning the right hand of God. Observe, Acts 5.31. Acts 
Acts chapter 5 verse 31. Him had God exalted with his right hand, with his right hand, to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Acts 7.55 Acts 7.55 But he being full of the Holy Ghost talking about Stephen looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 34 Romans chapter 8 verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God on the line? Who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us? First Peter chapter 3 verse 21. First Peter chapter 3 verse 21. It says, the light figure whereon to even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the field of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Next verse. Who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God. He is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. On the right hand of God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Many scriptures good for your health. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins. Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Sat down on the right hand. After he has purged our sins. Then he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. He says in verse 12, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. It was consistently affirmed that the ascension of Jesus was to the right hand of God. And that ascension was in tandem with what he did with his blood in his resurrection. And that is the remission of sins. Because if you observe the scriptures you read, when he ascended, exalted at the right hand, after he has purged our sins, 
after he has purged our sins. Which means it had something to do with his blood in his resurrection. So the right hand means everything you have done, you give it to this person. So when you talk about the right hand, you only see one person. Because the right hand is not the right side. And you know people who don't know this, who don't have sound doctrine, it reflects in their visions and dreams. You know, these are those people that will say they had a vision, they went to heaven, or they had a dream, they went to heaven, or they died and went to heaven. And when they went to heaven, they saw Jesus at the right side. They saw a throne in the middle. And some of them will say they saw Satan on the left side. (laughs) Well, whenever you don't know the word of God, you have nightmares and you call them visions. That's why Jesus said that where I am, there you may be also. That's why he will tell those guys, you do err because you know not the scriptures. And you know, a man's doctrinal position and doctrinal understanding will always reflect in his subconscious experience. Whether it is visions or dreams. They will always reflect the doctrinal persuasion of a man. So when a man is not sound doctrinally, it will show in the kind of visions and dreams that he always has. You know, when Jesus said, I go to my father, in John chapter 14, I go to my father, that where I am, you may be also. The going was not a departure. The going was actually his coming into the heart of the believer. I will explain a little more in the next few days. I go means we are coming to dwell with you. So I go doesn't mean absence. I go means presence in the believer. I go away means presence in the believer. That is why in John chapter 14 verse 20. John chapter 14 verse number 20. It says, at that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So, Jesus going was arrival into the believer. You must always interpret statements in context. He said, I go to my Father, that where I am, there you may be also. So the going was not a departure. It was an arrival so that the believer will be where he is. So we are dealing with the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And so far we have seen that there is only a name and that name is the name of Jesus. We don't have names. So we don't have the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost. We have the name of the Son. And the father is in that name. The father is in that name. The reason why many people find it difficult to accept revelation knowledge is simple. If you observe over the years, I have taught you things and I have corrected myself in my teachings. And it's easy because I never said God told me. I will always say when it becomes difficult, let's look at the words in context. Let's do exegesis. 
let's see the way it was written within the context. And some people started ministry with the knowledge of the word of God. I mean, they started ministry without the knowledge of the word of God. Yeah, some people say, I was in a vision, I saw a dream, I had an audible voice. You know, all of those are experiences, which is not really the fundamental basis for doing ministry. Ministry properly is a product of spiritual growth. As you grow in the knowledge of God's word, as you grow in the knowledge of the things of the spirit, the natural thing is ministry. That's why in 2 Timothy 2, 2, Brother Paul will say, the things you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who shall also commit to others. Look at Acts chapter 3, verse 6 again as we continue settling the issue of the name. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I known. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ. Not in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. So we don't have the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost. We have the name of Jesus. Look at Acts chapter 2 verse 21. Acts chapter 2 verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not on the names, on the name. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any order. For there is none other name, name, not names, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and giving him a name, a name, not names, hath highly exalted him, and giving him a name, which is above every name, which is above every name. So, so far from all we have read, in all of the witnesses of scripture, there is only a name, not names. When Jesus was anointed, his name was based on that anointing. So a man could cast out demons in his name. Jesus of Nazareth. Look at it in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. That was in the four gospels. And the disciples went everywhere throughout Judea. Preaching in that anointed name. Look at it in verse 37. That word I say you know. Which was published throughout all Judea. And began from Galilee. After the baptism 
which John preached. But when Jesus rose from the dead, their message changed. It wasn't how God anointed Jesus. It was now how God exalted Jesus. Hallelujah. How God exalted Jesus. He is the exalted one. He is the glorified one. He is the Lord. The Lord who has conquered death and has risen triumphantly and he is seated at the right hand of majesty because he finished the work and he finished the work victoriously. Glory to God. Glory to God. So Jesus, Jesus was exalted. The father exalted Jesus. It was not the father exalted. It was not the Holy Ghost exalted. It was Jesus exalted. The one that was exalted is the one whose name is the gospel. Jesus. The gospel is in his name. The gospel is in the name of Jesus. Look at John 20, 31. John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. You might have life through his name. See that? So salvation is in Jesus' name. Look at 1 John 3.23. 1 John 3.23. And this is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another as he gave us commandment. Believe in the name of his son. Look at 1 John 5.13. 1 John 5.13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. See that is consistent. Believe in the name of the Son. Believe in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus exalted. That is the name. Not names. Names. That is where the authority is. So Matthew 28, 18 again. Matthew 28, verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, you always, even unto the end of the world. Teaching all nations. Look at Luke 24, 47 and see what Jesus said to the disciples. Luke 24, 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. So we have overwhelming evidence to say that the term, the name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost was not in the original. It was not. 
We have overwhelming from all we have taught. Now, so let's proceed. Teaching in verse 19 is make disciples. Teaching means make disciples. So when I go for evangelism or to preach, my target is to make disciples. Evangelism is not sharing handbills. Evangelism is not sharing testimonies or handbills with testimonies. That's not evangelism. That is far from it. In fact, that's not the gospel. How can they call on him in whom they have not heard? Romans chapter 10 verse 14. Evangelism is a message taught and preached with an intent to reveal Christ. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Not without a handbill. Not without a testimony. Without a preacher. And how shall they preach? Except they be sent as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who had believed our report. So then, faith by hearing. Hearing the message of Christ. So Jesus said you should go and make disciples by teaching. The word teaching in Matthew 28, 20 is the Greek word didasko. D-I-D-A-S-K-O. Didasko means to instruct. To instruct. Go and instruct. Evangelism is a time of instructing in the word of righteousness. Teaching them to observe. The word observe is the word terio in the Greek. T-E-R-E-O. It means to look at something closely. To look at something closely. To observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Did Jesus give a fresh set of commandments to his disciples? No. Teaching them to look closely or to observe all the things I have commanded. The word commanded is the Greek word entolomai, entolomai, or telomai, which means the end of all things is an old English word. Telomai. T-E-L-L-O-M-A-I. Telomai. It means something instructed and has been done. So Jesus' focus is not for anyone to do anything. That is why when John spoke, he said in 1 John chapter, chapter 3 verse 23. 1 John Chapter 3, verse 23. Pay attention. And this is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That we should believe. That's the commandment. So the commandment is to believe. What do you believe? You believe something that has been done. You don't believe something that will be done. You believe something that has been done. And tell It means something 
has been said and something has been done. The things that have been said, which was what the prophets prophesied. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. That is the same statement Brother Luke recorded in Acts chapter 1. Acts of the Apostles chapter 1 verse 2. I'd like you to listen. Acts of the Apostles chapter 1 verse 2. Glory. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Whom he had chosen. He gave them commandment. Watch. Through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Did he give them commandments or he explained what has been done? Yeah. He explained what has been done. He explained what has been done. Look at verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which saith he you have heard of me so the kingdom of God was it coming or it had come when he was explaining to them in the book of Luke 24. Oh yes, the kingdom had come. Jesus was the kingdom manifest. Alright, so now Jesus has risen from the dead, exalted. It was not going to be done. It was what has already been done. So the commandment there is not what to be done. It's what has been done. That is why everything they were preaching in the book of Acts, they were not giving promises, but explaining what has been done. All the messages of the apostles in the book of Acts were not a promise of something to be done. They were explanations of what Jesus had done. For example, Acts 2.32 Acts chapter 2 verse 32 Pay very close attention This Jesus, glory to God Hath God raised up Whereof we are all witnesses See that it's not a future thing It's what has been done Look at verse 34 For David is not ascended into heavens But he saith himself The Lord said unto my Lord Sit down on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. He's talking about the exaltation of Jesus. Then look at Acts chapter 2 where we are, verse 35, 5, and I mean 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, but Lord and Christ. So when they preached in the book of Acts, they centered on the finished work of Christ. 
they centered on the finished work of Christ. Look at Acts 5 31. Acts chapter 5 verse 31. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior. For to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses, glory to God, of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God had given to them that obey him. They always spoke about what Jesus has done. What he has done. Not what he will do. Acts 7.55 Stephen Acts 7.55 But he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said behold I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. In the house of Cornelius, Peter preaching, Acts 10 41. Just observe, they always spoke about what he has done. Acts 10 41. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. The judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And while Peter yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell on those who heard. They focused on what Jesus has done. The gospel is predicated on the finished work of Christ. Not a futuristic promise. Look at Acts 13, 38. Acts 13, verse 38. Paul. Be known unto you therefore men and brethren that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things. From which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So when they went to all nations, what were they telling people? Were they telling people what the people ought to do? Or what Christ has done? Hmm? What Christ has done. So, to that commandment, what do you do? Teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded. So when you are taught, what do you do? You believe. You believe. To observe the things I have commanded means to look closely at what has been done. Look at Brother Paul's epistle in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath, hath, what has been done? Who hath, not who will, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Look at the prayer in verse 19. Ephesians 
chapter 1 verse 19. Look at the prayer of brother Paul. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought. It's a done work. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So what were they asking people to see? They went about preaching and asking people to see what Christ has done. What Christ has done. Listen, the gospel of Christ is not God will do. Any message that keep pointing you to a future is another gospel. God will, God will, God will is another gospel. The gospel of Christ is what Christ has done. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us. He hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Our sins has been forgiven. So, the gospel of Christ is predicated on what Christ has done. What he has done. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5 he says, Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. Watch. And hath, hath raised us up together and made us sit together. All in the past tense. In the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Look at Colossians 3.1. All in the past. Everything the, the, the gospel promises us is what Christ has done already. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ seated on the right hand of God. So in the gospel, where is Christ? He is raised from the dead, exalted and seated at the right hand of God. So in our gospel, does God do or has he done? He has done. Excellent. So, what we have is a finished work. What we have, look at Revelation 1 5. Revelation 1 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, past tense, washed us. From our sins in his own blood. And hath made us kings and priests unto God. And his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All past. Loved us. Washed us. Made us. Forgiven us. Accepted us in the beloved. Quickened us. Raised us up. Made us sit. You know, washed us. All in the past. They are all predicated on what Christ has done. Look at Matthew 28 again where we started. 
Matthew 28 verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you. He didn't say, lo, I will be with you. Lo, I am with you. I am with you. Always. Even unto the end of the world. I am with you. And I will be in you. And when he rose from the dead, now today your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the things he commanded are the things he has done. Not the things to be done. Is his kingdom what he will do or what he has done? Huh? Yeah. What he has done. Did he ask us to preach what we should do or what he has done? Huh? What he has done. Is the gospel what we should do or what he has done? What he has done. So the things he commanded are the things that he has accomplished. So in the gospel, our audience must be focused on Christ exalted. Christ exalted. But if I preach Christ from the four gospels, I won't be preaching the gospel. Because in the four gospels, if I talk about the Shunammite woman, that is not the gospel. If I talk about how Jesus calmed the storm, that is not the gospel. I must report a definite event for it to be the gospel. A definite specified event. Event. He is raised from the dead. He is exalted to the right hand of the Father. And all of that happened after the four gospels. So remember, lo, I am with you always. The word lo is the Greek word horoa. H-O-R-O-A. It means see. You don't see what hasn't been done. You only see what has been done. See. Teaching them to observe. Lo. Observe. See. Observe is the same with see. So, do you observe yourself or you observe what he has done? Exactly. You observe what he has done. So, what has he done? Behold, lo, I am with you always. I am not, I will be with you. I am, glory to God, I am with you. I will never leave nor forsake you. I live in you. I walk in you. I will be your God. You will be my sons and my daughters. Lo, I am. That's the gospel. The gospel is Christ taking up residence in the believer. Listen carefully. Christianity is the only faith where the worshipped lives on the inside of the worshipper. All other religions are looking for how to get to God. Christianity is the only faith where our God in Christ came to us, 
Not only did he come to us, he came to live inside us. In Christianity, we don't go to God. In Christianity, God has come to us. God has come to us. He will never leave nor forsake you. Lo, I am with you always. That word lo is the same word for behold. Behold, all things are new. Second Corinthians 5.17 Behold, Commander Katola, Behold, all things are new. First John 3.1 Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed. What do we behold? We behold what the Father has done. We behold what the Father has done in Christ. So, in Christianity, we are not trying to get to. In Christianity, he has come to us. He, oh yeah, man, I got again. Jesus said, I and my father will come into you and make our abode with you. In this series, I am going to talk about the terms heaven, heavenlies, where is heaven? We're going to unpack all of that tomorrow 5 p.m., Sunday 8 a.m., Sunday 11 a.m. We're going to talk about this heaven because sometimes when we talk about heaven, people talk about I'm going to heaven, heaven at last. My prayer for you is that you make heaven at last. Well, we're going to open up those statements and correct them in the light of scripture. Where is heaven? Is heaven a geographical place? We will go to heaven. I'm going to go to heaven. Well, we're going to look at it contextually from the scriptures. We're going to look at what is the blood of Jesus? Where did Jesus, what did Jesus do with his blood? We're going to look at all of that tomorrow 5 p.m., Sunday first service, Sunday second service, 8 and 11 a.m., and next Wednesday 5 p.m., and next Thursday 5 p.m., before we begin the 30 days of glory, 30 days of changing your world, 30 days of word intoxication, reinforcing your salvation in Christ Jesus. Soteria season 7. I'm excited friends. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. That's why we need to explain all of these concepts so that when I begin to say some things, you will know what I am talking about and you will have a clear picture of the scriptures where those things are coming from. Look at that scripture again as I get ready to pray for you. Ephesians chapter 2. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 2. Our gospel is what Christ has done. You know, that's why in Galatians, Brother Paul was sitting in the church at Galatia. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him who has called you into the grace of Christ. The believer is not going to come into grace. The believer has come into grace. The believer is not coming into rest. Mm -mm. We that believe have entered. We have entered rest. You can't be in rest and be afraid whether you will make it or not. <laughs> when you entered rest, you arrived. The believer is not trying to get to heaven. Don't let me get into tomorrow's teaching. 
5 p.m. GMT plus 1. We'll be live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Kingdom Life Network at 5 p.m. GMT plus 1. The believer is not trying to get two. The believer is already resting in the finished work of Christ. So in that Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5, as I close, even when we were dead in sins, hath, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The believer is quickened, he's raised, he's made to sit right now in heavenlies. The believer right now is seated in heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So tomorrow we will examine where is the heavenlies? Where is this heaven? Where is this heavenlies? We're going to go into some exegesis and look at the scriptures. I'd like you to invite friends, invite some people to hook up online and everywhere. Let's share the message. Let's get it out there. Stand on your feet. Let's close the service tonight. Glory to God. Lift your hands up to heaven. Father, thank you for the privilege of learning, the privilege of enjoying the revelation of your word. Enjoying our realities in Christ Jesus as believers. Thank you for revelation knowledge. We stand in that name. We come in that name. And we are called by that name. Bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Thank you Lord. I pray for everybody hearing the sound of my voice tonight. Revelation knowledge rises big in your heart. Veils fall off. Clarity comes by the word of God. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Barriers are broken. Revelation knowledge breaks forth in your heart. And in the name of Jesus, you are built up and strengthened by the knowledge of God's word. We cast out every fear and doubt. And I decree that you rise strong on your inside. Walking in these realities. Thank you, Father. Great grace is upon you. And I thank you that everyone under the sound of my voice tonight, anyone with any particular infirmity, sickness, will rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Body be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. Oh, receive your healing right now. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for testimonies. Great grace is upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Oh, my goodness. Listen very quickly. Listen carefully. From the 5th of July to the 2nd of August, every day in this building will be the 30 days of glory, Soteria season 7. We are in church every day, Monday to Saturdays, 6 to 8 p.m. GMT plus 1, and Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. GMT plus 1, and it's going to run for the whole month of July. You don't want to miss it for anything. The flyers are on my Facebook page. You can grab them, share them, drop them in WhatsApp groups and everywhere. And then also from the 6th of July to the end of July will be the Power Bible School online. Online. Now, I have some information to communicate quickly. Online. I have some information from my office to share with all those who have registered for the Power Bible School. Some of you have already registered, but you're having issues trying to either pay, pay your donations or something. So now, I have been asked to mention to you that all of you that have made donations will start getting the access 
from Monday next Monday, next Monday, so that you can log in and be settled before classes start on the 6th of July. Only those who have sent in donations will be given access. Those who have, who have challenges with payment, send an email. If you're having challenge with either payment or registration, send an email to me today, Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com stating your, you know, your challenge and we will get back to you quickly on it and you know, reach out and help you register quickly. Help us spread the news. Let people know about the Bible school online. There will be classes in the morning repeated in the afternoon. Classes in the evening online repeated at midnight. And the lecture will be left on the portal for 24 hours. So if you miss any, you can catch up within 24 hours before the next lecture. That's how it's going to run for the whole month. You don't want to miss the Bible school opportunity. I mean, a lot of people are on lockdown. A lot of people are still, you know, on lockdown. You can invest this opportunity. Don't let 2020 be wasted. Invest it into developing yourself in ministry. Into Bible school so that you are grounded and rooted in the knowledge of Christ. All of you listening to me on radio, if you want to be a part of it, phone numbers will be called for you immediately after we sign off. You can call those numbers and say, I want to register for the Bible school. You'll be directed on what to do and how to get yourself registered. Look, don't let anybody cheat you out of what God has brought right at your doorsteps. The Bible school is online. You stay in the comfort of your home and this is the first time we're doing it online and learn of Christ. Lastly, I want to take up your offerings, everybody. I want to take up your offerings tonight. When you hear the word of God like this, you want to give and honor Christ. You want to give and honor Christ. There's a lot we're doing with money at this time. We're paying for radio broadcast. The 30 days of glory will be on radio throughout. Every day, it will be on radio. You know, Comfort FM, 6 to 8 p.m. Every day, it will be live, two hours. Every day, live throughout the month of July. It will be live on Facebook. It will be live on television, Kingdom Life Network. It will be live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All platforms will be live every day for two hours. We need a lot of monies to get all of this paid for and settled so we can get going. So we're going to give right now, everybody. Grab an offering. Grab your offerings everywhere. Those of you that have been partnering and giving to us, thank you for your commitment and dedication to the advancement of this gospel and the advancement of the message of Christ. Listen to me. You're movable. You are not tired. You are always abounding in the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain things. So grab your offerings tonight and I want to pray over them before we sign off. Father, thank you for everybody giving online on TV, all the people giving in the house centers, everybody giving in the campuses and everybody giving to this ministry to help us get this gospel all over the blue marble planet. The preaching of Christ in its purity and in its simple form. Thank you for everybody giving. Thank you that through our monies we are making a difference in our world. Our offerings rise a sweet smell before you tonight. Great grace is upon everyone hearing, hearing the sound of this word. And as your people give, I decree your needs are met according to his riches in glory. All your desires are granted. And in the name of Jesus, favor is at work on your behalf. Receive opportunities, insights, Receive favors today in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. And I declare that your offerings are a sweet smell before God. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Praise God, I tell you. Tomorrow is going to be 5 p.m. GMT plus one. We'll be live both on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and on Kingdom Life Network as we continue this teaching, exploring the heritage and the realities of the believer in Christ Jesus. Help me share the messages. Get on Facebook and grab the advert of 30 Days of Glory and Power Bible School. Spread it. Let it go viral all over the world. We love you guys. All our house centers, we live in the able hands of house pastors. And all our campuses, we live in the able hands of our campus coordinators. Everybody else online, I'll see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. GMT plus one. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ and be blessed. Amen. Woo, glory to God, I tell you, I'm excited.